Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Hey, friends, welcome to another Wednesday night. Boy, I'm so excited about being here at such a time as this. I don't know about you, but we're here. God has placed us here to be a bright light in the darkness. I don't know if you know that. And I, but we still need the church on fire. How many of you know the church on fire? That's the thing that the devil, the Satan hates the most, is a church that's alive and on fire. You know, uh, it's so easy if we're not careful today. Our world's so mixed up and so many voices in the world today. And I was thinking, we were, uh, Matt and I were talking earlier, he's recording this tonight, and uh, we were talking about how, many, how much deception there is out there today. You know, it's, it, if you're not careful, we can be deceived. But you know what? Jesus himself, I was thinking of this just before we went on, on air. Jesus himself said over Matthew 24, you've heard me say this before. Uh, and when they ask him about what would, they, therefore, be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. And, the, and who then is faithful and wise servant whom his master, well, I, I should be in 24, I'm in 25. <laughs> Uh, they ask him, what would the end of the age be, or the end of time be? And it, I find it interesting. Jesus is saying all sorts of things here after this, but the first thing he says, Jesus answered and said to them, take heed to yourself that no one deceives you. Who is considered the master deceiver? It's Satan himself. If he could deceive Eve in the garden, it said Adam had his eyes open. He just didn't do anything. He didn't man up, so to speak. But he deceived them, and we're living the consequences of that ever since. So if he, they could deceive them, who were in the garden, in, in the presence of the Lord, how, what makes you think he can't deceive us? We look at our nation today, and I, I think, and even at some of the church, that, that are dig a hole in the sand and put their head in it, and don't want to re realize where we're at. But you know, God's looking for the church, not only to evangelize and save, but to stand up for what's right in this time. You know, last week we talked about uh, desperate for revival, and it, uh, it was called uh, revival fire, or rekindle the fires of revival. And the troubling report uh, was, I gave a barter report that talked about where People weren't going to church like they did two, two decades ago. Uh, how 77% that said they were born again uh, 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 don't believe that, uh, what was it? 77% believe that all people are basically good. Well, that's not true. We're sinners. We've been falling into sin. 30% believe that he is not uh, a living being, meaning the Holy Spirit, simple of God's presence. How can you do that and be born again and read your Bible? Well, you can be deceived into thinking that. 50% believe the false idea that Jesus was human. He sinned. Well, how could he, he that was without sin died for us who were sinners? That's how we were born again. But it's so important. You know, we need to have see the church on fire, revival fire. They were like that in that first church, were they not? Once they received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they went out and they preached. They, 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 didn't, uh, they didn't consider themselves in, 
their lives important because a lot of them were martyred and, and for the gospel's sake. Will not this church be revived? And I say this church. I'm talking about the church at large and also locally. And Psalm 85, 6, I read this. Will you not re revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Are we slumbering? Are we uh, uh, negating our duty? Because <laughs> we're here not just to, to be blessed. We're here to bless others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To see others come to get saved, delivered, and set free by the power of God. And we're not here just to survive. I, I talked about that. We're not here just for survival. Hey, listen, we're here for revival. And revival's for the church, not for sinners. How many of you know it's, uh, you can't give away what you don't have. And if you're not revived, if you're living just like the world or just, or just have that complacent, apathetic uh, spirit about you, how can you revive somebody else? You, it's out of your belly, out of the overflow that you minister to others. In other words, if you're on fire, you can go around and start some fires. Amen? And revival is about a restoration or a revitalization. Impossible to restore something that has not been, that has not been lost or never uh, ex uh, exited. In reality, the church is, uh, is uh, revived in order to reach out to the world. Revival presupposes outreach. In other words, presupposes outreach. In other words, we get on fire as a church, then it's easier to evangelize. It's easier to reach out. It's easier to bring the gospel, is it not? Apathy, lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Boy, that is so easy. Go to church <laughs> and then go back into our lives and kind of settle in without a thought about all these that might be going to hell <laughs> or down a road of destruction and when we have an answer. Listen, my friends, every one of us has been called. Every one of us has been called. Uh, Jeff Canfield spoke about that on Sunday about Find your place in, in the body of Christ and then take it. But we've all been called and commissioned. Uh, you could be the little, like he's talking about the little toe on, on, the, the, on the body, but it's so important because that little toe's still been called and commissioned to preach the gospel to the, and, and, and talk about the things, lay hands on the sick, talk about the things of God, deliverance, whatever it needs, because we're all called to that. So see yourself that way. Revival means to recover from loss or death to recall from a state of apathy or lethargy, to recall to obedience, the forgotten uh, uh, things of God or uh, of God's heart uh, that, that validate his heart, amen? What he, what he has a heart for? Well, number one, he has a heart for souls. He wants everyone, and what Paul talked about when he said pray for leaders and pray for the government and pray for all men over in, in, in 1 Timothy, chapter 2, I believe it is. Why do you say that? That we could live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. And he desire, what's his desire? That all men, or all, when, that, when he says men, it means all peoples, would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. How will they do that if we get so complacent that we don't want to talk about that? That should be on a forefront. When you think about what he's done for you, it should propel you to do to testify of that. Amen? Amen. Revival means to re recover from loss or death, like I said, to uh, revigorate or revitalize yourself, to restore to awareness of God's truth and power. So that's, that's just some of the things we talked about last week 
Then we went on into the, talking about what Finney said. Finney said uh, the fact that Christians are more to blame for not being uh, revived than sinners are for not being uh, converted. Or We have a responsibility. <laughs> when Paul said to Timothy and, and, and uh and, and Timothy was being intimidated. How many of you know it's, it's it can be very intimidating today? Go out and try to witness somebody or talk to somebody. But if you stir the gift of God, he said, stir up that gift, fan into flame the things that were put in you by the laying on of my, his hands at the time, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because God hasn't given what? Us a spirit of fear. Have, have you got fear tonight? No, it isn't from God. Dispel that fear with the faith you have in what Jesus has done. Because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. What did he say? Power. Power to be a Christian. Power to do what, uh, what we're called to do in the Bible. and What God has called us to do in this time and this hour. Power, love, love, and a sound mind. We got to talk about that the other day. Love should be the motivating factor for everything we do. God so loved us and so loved the world that he gave his only son. God so loved us that the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts should be going out of us towards a lost and, and dying generation. Amen? Talked about uh, uh, when Second uh, Chronicles, discerning the times, uh, when Asa said, and, and, and uh, the Lord told Asa, the Lord is with you when you are with him. Are you with him tonight? Are you putting your efforts into knowing him and, and getting close to him? Uh, scripture tells us in James, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Amen? Amen. That's, that's, that's a promise, but we have to do something. He puts it in our hands to do that. It, it, it talks about when he said, the Lord is with you and, the, and, and when you're with the Lord. Asa and the people did what? And we'll talk about this in a minute. They repented. <laughs> Wow, is that a big thing? A big thing. Repentance is such a big thing. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to recognize our need for revival when everything seems to be going okay for us, isn't it? But when the world is falling, around, falling apart around us and the church is letting it go by, oh my goodness, we, it's time for revival when God's people begin to acknowledge that sin, lethargy, leanness, and and compromise has, has slipped into their lives so that they must, what? Repent. Sinning is missing the mark. That's when you begin to sin. Repentance is the primary key to revival. For without it, prayer is impossible. True prayer. Sin prohibits us from getting the ear of God or reaching the priorities he wants us to reach. Amen? Is it time for that? Matthew 5, 6 says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Isn't it time that the church be filled with the presence and the power of God? Not just for the pastor or a few elders or a few lay people, if you're in that kind of church where they have lay people that go out. It should be all of us. We should all expect to go out and pray for people and, and talk to people about, are you right with Jesus? Are you right with God? Amen? It's not that hard. It's not as hard as I make it sometimes because... It's, it should be um, first nature, something we want to do. And that hunger is defined to have an appetite, to crave, to demand, to yearn, to be famished, and to be starved for. That's the kind of hunger he expects us to have. Amen? Amen. 
Uh, the psalmist said this, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Hunger is the greatest scribing force on the face of the earth. Desperate people will walk miles for something to eat. I don't know if I mentioned it. They just finished the rice meal thing here in, in, a, in the churches in the community. We had it at the high school in the community. They sent those out, they, they, 6,400 bags of rice and soy and, and just little bags. But they would feed 38,600 people, and they were just shipped last week to Ukraine. And they may be shipped into other because they ship them to all different places to, see, to serve starving people. Amen? True hunger for God causes them to divinely strive for the lost to be saved, the sick to be healed, and the oppressed to be set free. They long for the joy of the Lord. Amen? Over in Matthew 6, the word hunger, a present derivative tense, means hunger continues even after it is fulfilled. Filled but never permanently satisfied. That's, that's what he's talking about there. And, and my friends, we need to know those things. We need to know that we need to be hungry. Create in me, O oh Lord, a hunger and a desire for you and for your word. Once we see a person converted, set free healing, we long for more. Amen? We can develop a hunger for God. What are some of the things we, we can do? Fasting. The, we just had a 21-day fast here in January. And it's, what was the purpose of that? So, uh, the purpose was that we would sacrifice some things to get closer to the presence of God. Hopefully that's what you did. But it needs to uh, stay spiritually hungry, hunger, hungry for more of Him. That's what fasting will do. Fasting to hear his, on His Word. In other words, not fasting, but feasting. I'm sorry, read my own writing wrong. <laughs> feasting on His Word. Oh, you know, isn't it important? Um, study to show yourself approved over in Timothy. Uh, not, a, not a workman that's uh, ashamed, but a laborer dividing the, right, uh, the word of God, rightly dividing the word. Becoming a desperate person. Desperate people do desperate things. Must be desperate for the things of God. An old saying, if you want to see something you have never seen before, you have to do something you've never heard or done before. Amen? Amen. You can't stay status quo. You can't stay just status quo. Get out from where hurting people are, spiritually hungry, and you begin to see the compassion of God. Amen? Amen. I'm losing my place here. <laughs> there it is. So it's important to know that. It's important to know that uh, over in, I shared a little bit of this uh, on Saturday morning at the men's prayer. So if you've heard this, <laughs> guys, just listen again because it's always good to hear again. In Second Chronicle 7.14, you know that scripture, if my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and, and forsake their, their ways, you know. Their, uh, let me get over there just real quick. Uh, there's important uh, things to do right here. It tells us how to get to a point where we can get it. Here it is. No, no, no. Too far. Where are you at? Well, that's Deuteronomy. That would help. Need me to be like the old timers used to have readers, <laughs> and they would read the Bible, read the Scripture to them, and then they wouldn't have to look them up. So, uh, where are you at? 
get over here in a minute. There it is. I want to be correct here. If my people were called by my name, so humble that will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So there's six steps to revival. I didn't write this, but I've, I've read it before, and I believe it, it, it fits where we're at today. Humility. God gives grace to what? The humble. But you know what? A lot of people pray, humble me, Lord, humble me. He won't do that. He says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Amen? We're to humble ourselves. That means know our brokenness and get before him and, and, say, and, and not be prideful and say, Lord, I need you. I need to change my ways. Amen? Prayer, inquiring prayer is the key to revival power. Inquiring prayer. You know, it's so important that we, uh, that we pray, but what do we pray for? Well, we pray for God to change our heart. Change my heart, oh God. We used to be a song we sang like that. Acknowledge him. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What is your delight tonight? Is your delight that we be on fire as an individual and as a corporate body of believers? I think it should be. Uh, seek his face. How about we seek his face in Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? Oh, once in a while I go to church or I do. No, with your whole heart. God, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on what? Our heart. So, and then, and then uh, Hebrews eleven six. God is a rewarder of those who what? Part-time seekers, sometimes seekers. Sometimes I want to do this, and sometimes I want to do that, and I'll do that. No, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what we're to do. Turn from our wicked ways. Well, what is that? That is repentance. Repentance. You know, uh, I want to talk a little more about that. Over in, over in uh, Revelation chapter 3, I think I might have read this last week, but even if I did, I'm reading it again, so <laughs> listen up, okay? In chapter, uh, in, in chapter 2, and he talks to the ver uh, church, the angel at the church of Ephesus, right? These things, says he, who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst, midst of the seven golden lampstands. Now, he's, just, so he's talking about the church. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And if you persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. That's all good, isn't it? But then he says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. It's so easy to move away, from, even in the natural, from those that we love, isn't it? Up one day, down the next. Our first love is we put him first and foremost in everything we do. And then it goes on to say, Remember, therefore, from which you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Unless you what? You repent. Repentance is so good. Repent first that you've walked. You've, your love for him is wax cold. Lord, forgive me. 
Repentance is turning away from where you've been going and going back to the things of God, putting him first again. Amen? I, I, you have to be, you know what you have to do? You have to remind yourself on a regular basis, Lord, am I, have, I, have I put something between you and me? And then you can be like uh, uh, David. David said, search my heart, O God, and see if there be anything in there, any wicked way that I might not sin against you or I might not fall away from that love that you have for me and I have for you. Amen? Amen. So it's important that repentance. Also in, in chapter 3, it talks about this. You heard me speak of this last week. He's talking to the church at, La at the Laodiceans. These things, says the amen, and be the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot or neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. He wants us what? He For those that have never heard, they're going to be cold. But for those of us have heard, uh, he wants us hot. Because he says then, because you're what? Lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm. It's luke when you get when you get apathetic, when you get complacent, when you've lost your first love, you'll become lukewarm. And God doesn't want us lukewarm. Jesus says right here, <laughs> he says, because you have become lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That is scary stuff, my friends. That is scary stuff. Because you say what? I'm rich. Because become wealthy and have no need of nothing. And do not know that you're wretched, miserable, uh, poor, blind, and naked. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and your white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not, may, may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may what? See. I was blind, but now I see. And he goes on to say, as many as I love, I rebuke, chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Amen. He says, I'm standing at the door to knock. Come on, let me in again. Let me in. The whole song, like, let me in. We don't do that one. But let me in. Jesus says, I want to come in. I want to sup with you. I want to be with you. I want to dine with you. I want to be everything, uh, uh, do everything with you. That's what he's looking for. And that, that goes back to that place, uh, turn from our wicked ways and repent. Then it also says unity, Acts 2.1. When they were in one accord, great things began to happen. The, 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 the Spirit of God infiltrated earth and, and, and mankind, and we begin to act like, supposed to act like what Jesus did. Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is for us brethren to dwell uh, together in unity. We're to be in unity with the body of Christ, but also in unity with our Savior. Amen? And then we're to persevere. That was part of that last thing. Persevere. Don't give up. Don't quit. That's why it's so important to pray. As uh, Men ought always to pray, Jesus said, and not, not give up or, or give in or be cowardice. Amen? That's where we're at today. You know, I had some other things. That, you know, there was prayer meetings that started in 1857, that one in New York City that spread all around the country, which precipitated revival. Jeremiah uh, Lamphere was a retired businessman. He began to pray with just a couple people, and it spread throughout our nation. Over in England, we have revival fires that began to burn, and uh, uh, revivalists like Evan Roberts and others. In 1906, there was a tremendous Azusa Street Revival. You know, there's been revivals throughout, and but it's from people that prayed 
God, will you not revive us again? Will you not show yourself afresh and anew to us? Help us, Lord, to seek you with all of our heart that we may find you. That's what we're to do. True revival has a, uh, a life-giving effect on the society as whole. It, it gets the church on fire, and then we can go out and see others come to that great saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what you want to do? I'm sure it is. So stir yourself tonight. Begin to draw close to him, and you'll see a great, oh my goodness, you'll begin to see the passion and compassion for the love that he has for you, but you also have for him. Let's do that, and let's see the church on fire. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. You're always wooing us, seeking us, and drawing us to yourself. May we, may we not, <laughs> the word came to me, revolt and <laughs> go the opposite way. May we, we, we draw in to you in this day and this hour. May we see the church burning, not with just what revival, for souls being one, for, for, for the power of the Holy Ghost with signs and wonders and miracles and the gifts of the Spirit in operation. May we not be uh, complacent and full of apathy, but be on fire. Let the fires of revival burn in us like never before, that we might see the glory and goodness of God. May it be so. We certainly need that in our nation and in this world today. So show yourself strong that we may live a life that's pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good to be with you. I'll see you next time. No, I won't see you next week. I'll see you in two weeks because next week is first Wednesday service. So if you can make that one, you'll enjoy it. Amen. We'll see you now. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.